1: Budweiser's weekday sports continues on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Sean Styers with you and joined as we are every Thursday by Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com. Brian, it's it's just too bad that there's never anything to talk about as far as recruiting these days, huh? Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, I ha- I'm i going to have to send an email to the Notre Dame coaches and say, look, I got a lot of team stuff and I got some a little vacation I need to take. So could you guys chill out with all these recruitments <laughs> and commitments? Because I have other stuff to do. You guys are <laughs> killing me right now.
1: That's right. And I mean, we're getting close to the start of camp now. We're only about, what, three weeks away or something like yeah, that before training yeah, camp I starts. I feel like so. I've hardly
2: done any team stuff because it's like every time I sit down to do it that, it's like, oh, by the way. Uh, We're going to get this kid to commit tomorrow or this kid's about to commit on Thursday or and it's just like, goodness gracious, you guys are getting, You guys are I mean, but it's fun, though. I mean, fans are excited and yep, and uh, and it's a high quality player. And it's just it's just a lot of the myths that were existed about Notre Dame and recruiting in the last couple of decades. It's kind of like, you know, Marcus Freeman and Mike Mickens and Mike Elson are saying, yeah, those are those are gone. Those don't work anymore.
1: Well, you, you you want to start by talking about that, or you want to talk about Benjamin Morrison first? I'll leave it up to you because I it's just your show
2: I, we can talk about whatever you well, want to I, talk
1: about. I was just playing some of Marcus Freeman's you know some sound bites that, that you're talking about of you know some of those myths and stuff like that from the Zorich podcast, and I guess you know it it really struck me. You know, he's talking about Notre Dame kid, and you know, just kind of what you were talking about right now, breaking that myth. It is you know. What did you think when you heard him kind of talking about his his approach like that to recruiting?
2: Sean, you you've known me for a number of years now, so I think you're going to understand what this com- this comment means. my My response was, "Amen, finally." <laughs> you know, because this is what we've been talking about for years. Like, if you put in the work, if if Coach Kelly makes the right hires, and he's made two just home run hires in the last two years and Mike Mickens and, and Marcus Freeman, and you, you put them with Mike Elson, who was, who's a, you know, done a really nice job recruiting the defensive and developing the defensive line. And you say, you know, okay, all of a sudden you have this really dynamic recruiting staff. You got a couple, you know, playoff appearances under your belt and magically all these top recruits, suddenly decide they want to go to class, yeah. you know, or, or or it's Notre Dame's not too far away or they can deal with the weather or whatever excuse that we've used for the last 20 years as to why Notre Dame couldn't recruit the top, top players from around the country. I mean, they just beat today. We'll talk about Benjamin Morrison, but his finalists were Alabama and Washington. Yeah. In the last five years, the number of programs that, that recruit DB or develop defensive backs into the NFL better than those two programs can be counted on one hand. And that's a program, you know, in Washington that's just been killing Notre Dame since Jimmy Lake arrived in 2014. Well, now Mike Mickens has beat them for two top West Coast cornerbacks in each of the last two years, Chance Tucker last year and then Benjamin Morrison now. You know, you go into Ohio and you get Brandon Vernon. You go into Florida and beat Florida State and Florida and Miami for Keon Keeley. You've now beat Alabama for two cornerbacks that they wanted and hosted for visits this June. And you start to say, okay, is this just a coincidence that there just happen to be all these quote-unquote Notre Dame kids in one class? Or do you have a coaching staff, at least on defense right now, that's basically saying, we're not not—you making any excuses. We're going to go get it done because this is what's needed to go win a championship. And look, we can't discredit, discount the fact that Brian Kelly's inc- significantly increased involvement on the recruiting trail is having a major impact as well.
0: Just go to indeed.com/slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I thought it was interesting as well when he told Brian Kelly. He said he told Brian Kelly when, you know, he he took the job that Kelly said, we're gonna close this gap. Even though, you know, Brian Kelly has kind of uh, gone out of his way not to publicly acknowledge that there was a gap to close. But I think we all knew that, you know, there was a gap that needed to be closed.
2: Well, I just I just think, are they listening to my show? Are they seeing the (laughs) shirts that we sell at (laughs) Irish Breakdown, the gap closer shirts we've been selling for several months? You know, but that's a that's a phrase that I've been using at Irish Breakdown for a while, and it's it's obviously it took on so hard that you know so fast that we we had people clamoring for shirts about it. You know, people are buying huh. Gap closer shirts at Irish Breakdown, and and to hear that, it's like okay, it's not just us, it's not just the fans, right? It's Brian Kelly saying that, and you know, Sean, this is something we discussed when we Vince and I talked about the the interview, and I wish that Brian Kelly would show that side of himself to the fans and the media more, because the reaction. I mean, I have yet to see. i yet look, and you know, I engage with Notre Dame fans on a daily basis on our site, our message board, and then our live chats on Twitter, on Facebook. I mean, I'm. It's all I do is interact with Notre Dame fans. Sure, I've yet to have one that didn't have an incredibly positive reaction to to what Marcus Freeman said, Brian Kelly said, and they're all saying, like, "Why won't he say that publicly?" And and I don't know why, but I think Notre Dame fans would rally around him even more if we kind of saw that ticked-off version of Brian Kelly that was like, I'm sick of losing these teams and didn't get mad at us for asking the question about it, but actually got mad about the fact that they're not doing that and do what he's doing now, which is do, make the hires, put in the work, build the recruiting staff, invest the money, do what you got to do to catch these teams. And when he does it, all of a sudden – it's working, and Notre Dame is beating Bama for kids. They are beating Ohio State for kids. They are beating Clemson for kids. They are beating USC and Texas and everybody else for kids. And they have right now have the number two recruiting class in the entire country, and it's only getting better.
1: Well, you know, Charlie Weiss got in trouble at Kansas for saying he had a garbage pile of, of you know, and it's not that Brian Kelly would be saying that, but I mean, is that, you know, is, is it like if, if Kelly, and I'm just trying to see, you know, as the coach and you know he's got that politician in him as well if he does acknowledge that publicly I guess you know
2: is he is he saying well our you know our roster right now isn't good enough. But he if has he says said that. that. Kind of stuff. I mean, I mean, he has made those comments. And when he says you know we don't have you know we don't have enough playmakers on the perimeter, which he said against uh, yeah, Alabama. That's true. Well, he said okay, it. In that that okay, you know you, that's true. What he said about Sam Mustafa after the, the was it the NC State game? I mean the the my true. guys versus the Charlie guys back in 2012. Brian now, Kelly's had no problem. But he has you know, reeled it
1: in these last few years, really since the uh, Mustafa thing, though, well, right? I he mean, hasn't
2: been that he hasn't been that bold in his criticism. Right. but there've been plenty of times where he said things were like okay so it's it's them it's 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 you know it's not about saying your plays like look the reality is is that Bama and Clemson are the cream of the crop right they are the teams that we're all shooting for and and we have done a great job going from what I inherited to where we are now it's now my job to do whatever it takes to close that gap so I don't need him to sit there and say well you know Ian Book's not good enough and he's not as good as Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones and these guys aren't good enough. And these That's not what I'm asking him to say. What I'm saying is we're going to do whatever we have to do, whether it's me as the head coach. Because, again, this isn't about the players. What I've advocated for is Brian Kelly needs to do his job even better and what I believe, have always felt he's capable of, to do the job, to make better hires here, to do better things there. I'm not saying throw your players under the bus. I'm saying you take accountability for right. what your program is, good and bad. And he's doing – and that's really what that interview was. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to go get players that are better than the guys that we have who suck. That's not what he said. It's I'm tired of losing these guys, and we're going to go make the changes because it's not 12 guys. It's a guy here, a guy there. To me, that's the gap that exists now. It's not what it was in 2012. It's tremendously different and narrowed from where it was in 2012. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's so many different – you know,
2: I I just felt like – because
1: I played that Brian Kelly's soundbite back the the post Rose Bowl you know afterwards where he kind of lashed out at the media and and everybody else and I I I I felt like you know like listening it back and now sort of like hearing what Marcus Freeman is saying that, that like the question was was probably too on the nose for him like you know he he knew he knew it to be true, but, you know, in that moment, you know, w- w- with the emotion and everything that else went with it, he just wasn't ready for that, at, you know, it seemed like at that well, point.
2: I get that, but you're the head coach of Notre Dame and you're in year right. 11. You have to know that question is coming. Right. Like, I mean, look, I understand Coach Kelly has a job to do, but so do we. And our job isn't to make you feel better after a loss. Right. Our job is to ask the questions of, about it. And, you know, I, I've sometimes joked if he would get as mad at, like, Clemson and Alabama as he gets at us <laughs> – you know, but but that's what was so great about the comment that he made to Marcus Freeman. I can see Brian Kelly saying that and, and it wasn't just that comment, it was the fact of how he got Marcus Freeman money's not an issue. right? You, we we got to expand our recruiting operation. We're going to expand it. You guys need me to be more involved in recruiting. I'm going to be more involved in recruiting. Because words don't mean anything, Sean. He could say all he wants, I want to close the gap. Hey, I want to make $2 million next year. <laughs> Wanting it and making it happen are two completely different things, right? Exactly. What matters more to me is that comment is indicative and followed up by what we're seeing him do as the head coach at Notre Dame. And that ultimately is going to be the difference between – what he's done now which is to get Notre Dame to be a pretty good program you know two playoff appearances sure. in the last 3 years there's a lot to be proud of about what he's done at Notre Dame but it, but at the same time you're not you're not at Notre Dame to go 10 and 2 you're at Notre Dame to compete for and win championships and th- there there is a gap there and it's time for him to close it but everything that we've seen him do from the moment he said to Marcus Freeman money's not an issue this is where you need to be why would he do that Sean What's the reason for doing that? Why? I mean if, if your goal is just to be 10 and 2, there's other coaches that can get you there. Right. Why fight for Marcus Freeman? Why say to him what you said? Why be Hey, look, the job he's done in recruiting the last 5 years, got him 10 and 3, 12 and 1, 11 and 2, mm-hmm. and 10 and 2 and two playoff appearances. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He so knew there was clearly another step. he's not happy enough with that. Right. And that's the exciting thing if you're a Notre Dame fan is is that he's not content. And that was always my fear. And that's the exciting thing. It's not just the comments. It's the actions that are surrounding those comments that make you say, he wants this. He wants that ring. He's sick of losing to these teams. And it's not just an emotional thing after a game, but it's something that clearly is sticking in his stomach that's done it for now seven months. And that's what that's what gets you fired up.
1: Right. He's Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com. So that leads us to the news of the day. Benjamin Morrison announced he is committed to Notre Dame this afternoon four star for those into the stars um (laughs) (laughs) is it fair to say maybe a little bit raw
2: but just a a a ton of upside for benjamin morrison a lot lots of tools and and, you know i'm curious if the raw thing is more about just him needing technical advancement or just what they ask him to do at brophy prep in arizona he's from phoenix you know, his dad played in the NFL. He was a defensive back at the University of Arizona. And so there's times when you see, boy, that's a really clean transition. Or, boy, that that plant goes real efficient. So there are some things about him, but I just don't know if they ask him or allow him to really show off his top-notch talent. But there are clips where you see him just take off and run, and you're like, whoa. You know, we played a clip today in our show where at the snap, he's going across, and he's cha- the guy goes in motion, and he's following that guy pre-snap. At the snap of the ball, the receiver is on one side of the offensive line, right? So to the defense is right and 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 uh Benjamin Morrison's still on the left side of the line. The guy runs a little slide route, and as soon as he catches the ball, Benjamin Morrison had closed the gap and, and tackled him as soon as he caught the ball for like a one yard gain. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, okay, there you go. And, and and the other part of it too, Sean, is that if some people love stars, some people love offers. Well, you beat Alabama and Washington for this kid and that right there a west coast kid that was looking at washington alabama doesn't go to phoenix arizona for just anybody mm-hmm. right and, and i think that's the other part is just we talked earlier about you know the big picture thing the fact that you were able to beat those teams for this kid says as much about this recruitment and this kid as as just what his film or what you know brian driscoll and irish breakdown might think i think that's if nick saban wants a db <laughs> That should open up your eyes. If Jimmy Lake wants a DB, that should make you pay attention because those are two of the very best in the business when it comes to identifying talented defensive backs.
1: Well, and I think it was was it last week uh, another corner committed, and we were talking July,
2: about yeah, July fourth. yes.
1: okay, so a couple of weeks ago, yeah. So now we've got four corners in this class mm-hmm. after what three in the in the last four with four, four four in and each four. class now. Okay, mm-hmm. four in each. Thanks for thanks for getting me caught up because you know, like I said, they keep coming <laughs> so lot. fast. Yeah, so. So just, you know, what it, what does that mean, do you
2: think, the numbers with four in each of these two classes? I think it means a couple things. Number one is, you know, in the in sort of the three three five or the four two five, I think ultimately Marcus Freeman wants to have a five secondary look, whether that's your base defense or whether that's just a a, a package that you have. And and ultimately, from what my understanding is talking to sources, is they'd like that fifth D B to be a corner. Okay. So that's three spots. So that's a two deep is six guys. And the cornerback depth chart was a hot mess before Mike Mickens showed up, right? right? So I think they're obviously – part of it is repairing the depth chart. Part of it is getting guys that this coaching staff likes. The good news about hiring Mike Mickens a year ago that uh, that some pe- that maybe we didn't talk enough about last year because of COVID, we didn't get a chance to see him on the road. But, you know, Mike Mickens and, and Marcus Freeman have known each other. They were high school teammates. Sure. So these guys, have, they coached together at Cincinnati they have very similar styles and things that they like when it comes to certain players. So Mike Mickens actually got a year head start on recruiting corners that Marcus Freeman then likes. And if you remember correctly, the fourth corner that Notre Dame got last year was Jojo Johnson. Well, Jojo Johnson was originally committed to Cincinnati and Marcus Freeman as a defensive back. So even then you saw that that influence there of, of, of things that Marcus Freeman likes. I think So I think part of it is just restoring the corner depth chart, Sean. But the other part of this too is, this is a, a coaching staff that is looking into the future. And Marcus Freeman did this once at Cincinnati, going to the three-three-five from the 4-3 that he'd kind of always known at Ohio State and at Purdue and different places. And that is saying, when you're playing Oklahoma, when you're playing what Alabama has right. become, when you're playing what Clemson has become and Ohio State, and they're putting all these athletes on the field, and you're going to line up in a 4-3 with two safeties and two corners, I have two elite cover players on the field. So now it's like, we got to get faster linebacker. So check, Jalen Snee, Josh Burnham, Nolan Ziegler. We've got to get more athletic in the secondary. Well, why do we have to put just two corners in the field? Why can't I get a couple six two corners that can do a lot of the things that a safety can do but can still cover like a corner? And so I think it's, it's, if you look at Notre Dame, what they're doing at safety, there's really only one safety on the board right now. They don't have a single commit from a safety. They only got two last year and none in 2020, yet there's no urgency to go recruit a bunch of safeties. It tells me that they're saying, hey, if I got to put four corners in the field and, and some of those corners can do things that a safety is going to do, that's fine. I'd rather have a guy that can do that than a safety who can't really cover like a corner but can tackle and do all those kind of things. Give me some guys like Benjamin Morrison, Devin Moore, Jaden Bellamy, you know, Chance Tucker, Ryan Barnes, Phillip Riley, who are corners but can tackle, can play the run, and we're going to be able to match you athlete for athlete in the future, something Notre Dame did not do against Clemson in 2018 or Alabama in 2020. Yeah, so I was gonna, none of these
1: guys are going to be as big as Kyle Hamilton, obviously. But well, neither you know, they're, there's they're, any other safety in the country? Well, well yeah, right? but, but my point is they've got some bigger guys, you know, right. in that in that right. six foot and above range, and, yeah. and they sound versatile enough right. that they could play safety. You and know, that the, exactly. Like
2: you look at Philip Riley for example, right? He's an early enrollee, he's a true freshman, he's a spring. He's 5'11", 5'11 and a half. He's 190 plus pounds already. Ryan Barnes is almost 6'3". Devin Moore's about 6'3", 185. Benjamin Morrison, I'm told is over is up to 6'1" now and over 180 pounds, you know. Uh you you look at obviously they landed, landed Kerry G last year, but Chance Tucker's got some of that length. He's a good tackler. So Jaden Bellamy's a guy that actually played safety as a junior in high school at, at, at Bergen Catholic in New Jersey. So, yeah, to your point, Sean, it's – it's and again, you don't need Steve Atwater anymore because, you know, there's no more Christian Okoye's playing running back right now, right? Yeah. And if you remember that big collision back in the, the Broncos Chief days back oh, yeah. in the day, you don't need that Ronnie Lott type of player. Number one, the game has changed. You can't lay dudes out like that anymore. <laughs> but number two, you watch the Alabama game. Alabama made one pass attempt beyond 20 yards in that game. And it was almost picked off by Kyle Hamilton. What Alabama did was quick game Notre Dame to death, mm-hmm. and it's because they're going to get you in space. They're going to throw the quick game. They're not going to run the ball down your throat all game. They're going to they're going to just. I mean, if they have to, they're going to nickel and dime. Say we're going to get our athletes in space. So what does Notre Dame have to counter with? Fine, we're going to match you athlete for athlete on the perimeter, and maybe you know. And, and that's to me, that's what they're doing. And to your point. These corners they're looking for, that's why they want bigger kids. And if you watch Benjamin Morrison's film, Sean, and you can we had we played his highlights during our show today, if you want to check that out on our our, U- our breakdown YouTube channel, but this is a kid that can flat out come up and hit. And he was doing that at like barely a buck 70 as a junior in high school. He's now up over 180. and, and so that's what all these kids can tackle. They don't have to be thumpers that lay you out. That's not what the game is anymore. You have to cover, you have to be able to co- play, you know, and, and cover, uh, be rangy, and you have to be able to tackle in space. If you can do that, you can play safety in today's game. Right. Absolutely.
1: Brian Driscoll, Irishbreakdown.com. Uh why, why don't you give us a, a, a quick hit of what you've got going on at IrishBreakdown.com. Well, right you
2: now. know what? I'm gonna can I do a preview of an article I'm gonna have coming out sure. tomorrow? Yep. So I've got a. I was doing some research on Brian Kelly, and you think you know, can a can a coach really you know win in year twelve, that kind of thing? And so I was doing a little research, and, and through Brian Kelly's first ten years at Grand Valley State, he never went better than nine and two, had was zero and three in the postseason, two blowout losses, and they only averaged about twenty nine point eight points per game. He made philosophical changes in his program following a seven and four season, which preceded, which was preceded by a five and five season. So in his, in 99 and 2000 they went they went 12 and nine in years nine and ten. He made changes to his program, and over the next three years they went 41 and two, averaged 44 and points per game, went. 11-1 and one in the postseason, won two national titles. In the year they didn't win a national title, it's because their quarterback got knocked out in the quarterfinals of the playoffs. They averaged 49.8 points per game in a, in a 12 playoff games. And that was in year 11, 12, and 13. Hmm. He's now entering years 12 and 13 at Notre Dame. So we've seen this precedent before of Brian Kelly where he kind of got sick of not winning, and he made the necessary changes. And his program became dominant. And it and, and if you there was a New York Times article that I'm gonna quote in there that said it was a there was a certain recruiting class that had some of those elite players that finally got them over the hump. And I'm seeing all these parallels and I'm thinking, I gotta write about this. Okay. Because there's just too many things that are saying, are we seeing Brian Kelly sort of you know, what did I say in the beginning of this offseason, Sean? He needs to go back to his roots. Yeah. And that's where this is coming from. All right.
1: Looking forward to seeing that. Maybe we can talk about it next week as well. Sounds when we good to on. me. All right. <laughs> Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com. Always uh, a good time, Brian. I will talk to you next week, okay? Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you, Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com with our recruiting update every Thursday. He joins me Mondays as well to talk Notre Dame football in general. Time out, and then we've got more Budweiser's weekday sports speak coming up on 960 AM WSBT.